Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm alongside Matt Chamberlain. How are you how you doing, Matt? I'm good. Season starting up. We're getting into sports, like real sports. Yeah. Like get this little league world series trash <laughs> off my TV. I don't, I don't need to see Johnny's awful form up there swinging a tennis racket. <laughs> yeah, like the, those home runs are not home runs; they're faux home runs. <laughs> Going like a hundred feet. <laughs> like get that off my screen. Enough talking about trash on some poor young teenagers <laughs> living out their lifelong dreams <laughs> of making it. I'm not to... mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me remind you to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and on Instagram, you might not want to after our spicy hot takes, because that's what we're going to get into hey. on this episode. Remember to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and any other uh, podcast platform of your choice. Matt, what happened in episode 47 that people need to know about? So we talked a bit about the CJ McCollum extension, Portland locking up that backcourt, assuming there's no more major trades, uh, but locking it up. And then we also did our last division breakdown, Southwest, uh, talking about Dallas's new duo, Houston's championships aspirations, Memphis's rebuild, New Orleans, and they're just like completely brand new roster. And then same old San Antonio. It's doing their thing. Yeah. Death taxes and spurs. Just always there. Always there. Well, like I said earlier, we're gonna take we're gonna do some uh, hot takes. Way too early hot Way takes. Way too early hot takes. I don't know. Are you ready for this, Matt? Let's start. Start with white people spicy. So the least spiciest <laughs> ever takes. And then we'll slowly get more and more obscure as we as we go. For reference, is this like a tangy barbecue? <laughs> Level of spice, sure. Okay, all right. We didn't assign like names ahead of time to each one of these. Maybe we should have. Get like a wing stop. You know, just like meter, like what Make kind of wings are getting Make it very apparent what type of spice we're, <laughs> we're talking about here. Um, we got a New Orleans one in here. That'd be a good Cajun one. We'll yeah. start, though. We'll start in, out in L.A. Go to the Lakers. And this is a little bit of news. Um, we didn't do a news section, but it all kind of fits in. It's funny. Um, <laughs> the Lakers and Dwight Howard. This reported combo that may be in the making. Um, the Lakers worked out Howard, along with Joe Kim Noah, um God. like it's bad um so let me just throw the least spiciest of our takes out there this is not a good idea <laughs> like in the most simple terms but this would be so much fun to see yeah i think like the dysfunction part of it yes yeah okay, well, that's okay. exactly yeah. what i'm talking about yeah. not the basketball <laughs> uh, i'm just i mean watching for the show right like we watching for lebron dwight fights this yeah. is a way for LeBron to elevate his status over Kobe in L.A. land if he just sucker punches Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard goes for a jump hook in the lane. Dwight's like, or LeBron's like, I'm just going to block this. <laughs> you ain't scoring here. <laughs> in practice, like, it's LeBron versus Dwight and all the starters. <laughs> And LeBron just, like, takes it, too. Do some Jimmy Butler third team. Yeah. Run it up on him. That would be amazing. Dunk on Dwight. So, this is a way for LeBron to elevate his status. So, like we said, Memphis granted that permission. Because, obviously, Dwight Howard, he's not staying in Memphis. Um, I don't know. Memphis has, like, five centers on their roster already. I don't even know what they were fully doing taking him on. I know it's a CJ Miles thing, but what are you doing? Um... (laughs) The uh, the more serious aside from this is man like that boogie injury, uh, that's just such a bummer. Is this the end of Boogie's career, man? Like as a player, man, it's feeling like it, cause it, like between the quad injury, the Achilles injury, now this ACL injury, like one after another. After, this is like been within like a year. All three of these have happened. He, like he didn't look terrible when he came back in the playoffs. But how how is he supposed to bounce back from this? I mean, like ACL like injuries in comparison to like 
other injuries aren't that like significant anymore like in terms of coming back if it's your only injury but this is of course like you said is third and like you feel just horrible because like this is the bad like this is the nasty side of the nba where you get one injury you bet on yourself and now he's never getting paid the way he was going to we had some isaiah thomas type of stuff here yeah like with the celtics like he thought he was getting a brinks truck and then it's like dudes signing for minimums Right. now with Denver and now Washington and he's just trying to get back to even reasonable as like a BAE mid-level exception type of contract and like no one would give him that as of now anyway and IT is maybe healthier than Boogie and he's a guard yeah. he's a short and small guard but he's a guard at least can get buckets I yeah. mean like he was at one point was able to get buckets so much uh, less so now and I mean, like, a big man, like, that boogie style of play kind of is going away in the NBA. Yeah, and like the bully ball. The injuries don't help that, and it's really sad to see. I hope it, he comes back as a player, but I think it would be awesome to have him on NBA on ESPN or something like yeah, that as well, that or TN, TNT. His real shot of coming back is this shooter, like yeah. a, a pure stretch five, and honestly, probably a backup, like a backup stretch five in the NBA. Because Boogie's shown, like, a talent to shoot, and, like, that's great. And if he can do it at, like, a reasonable 38 40% clip, stay-and-shoot type of guy, and then just be, like, a big clog in the paint on defense, there's there's a place for him in the NBA. Yeah. But if he's trying to be old Boogie Cousins on bad knees, then it you're right. It probably just isn't working anymore. Now, back to the Dwight thing. <laughs> I mean, this... I. I don't know if it's going to happen. It somewhat feels destined to happen, like a redemption type of thing. Because the only center on this team is like JaVale McGee right now. Like, they desperately need people. Like, they, yeah. when they say they'll take just about anybody, like, they're t- considering you and me. Like, <laughs> like, and if they're considering you and me, then right below us is Dwight Howard. <laughs> so, like, you, you have to look around. Like, you've got to search for these guys. I mean, I can stand in the corner out of LeBron's way. <laughs> yeah. Like, LeBron can yell at me for a million dollars in the next, like, Play, quote-unquote, help defense. Yeah. And play that Russell Westbrook, just swipe at it every now and again. I'll take a couple charges i can do that um so it's just like dwight howard i think still has some level of basketball talent but it's almost the same discussion as boogie of what do you think you are if you think you're an 18 and 10 just double double machine who needs to be fed the ball then dwight howard can get gone (laughs) like can't even step foot in the state of california You might as well bring on Joakim Noah at that point. Yeah, honestly, why not? (laughs) But if you're like, I'll just be a lob threat and I'll play defense, Dwight Howard would make the Lakers better. It's just then the everything else of Dwight Howard. So one, it's accepting your role, and two, like, is the goofiness, like, is that going to wear well in L.A. a second time around? I mean, you you think he's a different person, right? Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're right lebron you're right. invites him to taco tuesday once says all right this is it no more shenanigans maybe yeah and it's like dude if this doesn't work here like you're out of the league if you ain't already you would be yeah i mean like it kind of feels like uh dwight howard is mellow except like dwight howard still can play basketball mm. a little bit um i don't like this la thing it just feels so weird why I know the like management has changed, but like, are you really that desperate to bring on Dwight Howard this again? Yeah, and you know, it's like I've, it's funny to see the memes of like Alex Caruso taking Steve Nash's place because like that'd be like Alex Caruso third string point guard, Dwight Howard third string center. But you know, like I don't know, I'm kind of over it. I I don't know. I want it to happen. But this the storylines. I want it to happen. I want this to be a thing. The real question is, can one player end two runs of the Lakers? Is that like a historical landmark <laughs> for someone? Bring down the Kobe era. Bring down the LeBron era before it Ooh. even really gets started. That'd be so bomb. Like, to see that happen. I, I'm kind of in for that now, actually. I've talked myself into secret it. Secret storyline. Uh, bring down the Lakers twice. Man, would the Clippers build him a statue? If he brought down the Lakers twice. (laughs) 
Um, Kawhi is like right up Steve front. Steve Ballmer, you know, it's just <laughs> all in it. Just so. goes all in on the pettiness. Yeah. I love it. That'd be, that'd be it. Um, build the new stadium. So we'll go to our second one. So again, this one, it feels still white people spicy. Um, <laughs> but there are some real questions on this one. Um, Golden State's going to make the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Yes. But there's legit reason to doubt this. So, no KD. He's in Brooklyn. He's hurt anyway. Wouldn't matter. No Iggy. He somehow has ended up in Memphis. God bless. Um, <laughs> no Boogie. I mean, he ended up tearing his ACL, but no Boogie. And Clay's hurt. He's out for, I don't know, six months, eight months, depending on how long yeah. it takes. Maybe he'll be back in time for the playoffs. We hope he is, but we don't know that for certain. That's four guys who Golden State really wishes they had. Like, we can say, like, you know, we're ready to move on. We're on a new chapter. There's some injuries here. No, you want those guys on your team. Like You, you want two of those guys for sure. You want, what, Iggy and Clay? I would say Katie and Clay. I mean, you can leave Iggy. Get like, I mean, like, Iggy's nice, but, like. Yeah. I, I get the point. So, like, with. Kevin, then, like, yes, there's an injury, but if, if Kevin could come back this year, then, yeah, we definitely say Kevin. Yeah. Of course. And then Clay being what he is. So, another thing that they do have, though, is they brought in D'Angelo Russell and the Kevin Durant sign-in trade. I I like D'Angelo Russell. He's a bucket getter. At the end of the day, guards win games. You got to score points to win the game. D'Angelo Russell scores points. So... What can happen here? I'm just like, I'm not sold on this working great, but I'm sold on it working well enough. Yeah. I, you know, it's like the, the Warriors run started with that 8-1 upset way, way back like 10 years ago over, was it the Mavericks? Yeah, yeah. What if Golden State gets the 8 this year? <gasps> but Clay comes back. They've somehow like made a move. D'Angelo's hot. And they get like... I don't know, the Clips or Houston or Denver as the one, and then get another 8-1 upset. I would need them to wear those classic warrior. <laughs> if it goes to a game seven, put on the old, like the lightning type yeah. Golden State Warrior, those ugly navy, weird orange, yeah. gold jerseys. That would be fire. But I don't know. Baron Davis has to be front center on the bench. Yeah. Bring him. Hey, sign him. <laughs> you know, Bring him off to play as um, backup point guard. You, you might need it at that point. Um, but I think they'll get there. But there's real reason to doubt the team. Like they're gonna have to play rookies. Like Eric Paschal, their second round pick. Um, Smilovich. They might have to play him. Jordan Poole, which yeah. I wasn't a big Jordan Poole fan. They took him at the end of the first round. Like these three guys, like might be seeing like legit minutes for this team. So we've talked like the Sean Livingstons of the world, like just ain't getting it done anymore. Quinn Cook's not on this team anymore. Like right. you've lost guys. Like you have some very real holes on this team. Like you need to get some NBA players <laughs> on your roster <laughs> straight up, and you slacking right now. So, like, the, there's some like just level of like who you put on the court. Let alone yeah. if Curry's on the court. Like right, we we hope Curry's playing 82 games. Curry ain't playing 82 games. No. He's playing 70-ish, ish. We're assuming no injuries. They'll still only play in like 70, 75 games. So there's 7 to 12 losses. Just (laughs) pencil them in. However many he's not playing, automatic losses. I mean, unless you're playing like the Oklahoma Cities of the world. And like D'Angelo Russell can get you past the Oklahoma Cities of the world. The rest of that roster? I mean, like, what, what does Oklahoma City have that can convince, like, Stephen Adams and Chris Paul? Okay, all you have Gallo, to do. Gallo, if he's still there at that point in the season. Ah. <laughs> you out. I'm out. Uh, I think, like, you kind of almost hit, You, we almost talk about it here, but this is going to be uh, Steph Curry's, like, where is he in the, like, historical landmark of yeah. the NBA, right? Like, this could be Steph Curry coming out and saying, yeah, I was the back-to-back MVP of this league and don't forget about it. Or it could be like, ah, that was kind of a, maybe just like a down year for the league. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it's going to be interesting to see if we get that Steph Curry back. Also going to be a real, real test of Steve Kerr as a head coach. Yeah, and that was the, the next thing we had was, like, even the bench is below average. So Steve Kerr, like, he's going to have to, like, coach. He's going to have to, like, stand up every now and again and do something. And, uh, you know, Steve Kerr obviously uh, has done things. He has some really nice, like, after timeout plays. But, like, you're going to have to get Draymond doing a little bit more. He's going to have to put D'Angelo Russell, like, in really good positions. Like, there, there are some things that Steve Kerr can implement, whether that's using Willie Cauley-Stein and pick and rolls a little more since they've signed him this offseason. Like, he can implement on this team. This is, like, to mix it up every now and again. So, Steph, it doesn't have to do everything. But if Steph can go for 28, D'Angelo can go for 24, and then the rest of the team's semi-efficient out of good sets, like, that's a playoff team. Yeah. You just rely on Kerr and Curry and Draymond to get you there. But I, I don't feel like I'm, like, as certain as I should be about this. And maybe they end up just proving me super wrong. They end up getting, like, the five, and life's good. You've still won, like, three championships in the last few years. So, like, whatever. But I, I could see this going haywire for at least a little bit. I mean, there's so many question marks about this team for the first time, it feels like, in, like, seven years. That, like, it... I mean, you're right. Like, there's so many things that can go haywire. Like, D'Angelo Russell was really good in Brooklyn, but that could not be the case here in Golden State. Yeah. And, like, that that kind of depends. That will hinge how Golden State well, makes and, the playoffs or not. And Russell was better when there wasn't another primary ball handler, Karis LeVert, on the right. floor. Well, okay, well, they're Steph Curry. <laughs> so, unless Steve Kerr's super staggering them, which he could do, yeah. Like, D'Angelo's going to have to learn to play off-ball more. Yeah. Uh, Steph can obviously run around and shoot ridiculous off-screen shots, but is Steph Curry wanting to do that at 33 for 35 minutes a game? No. Or however old Steph is? Like, no, he's just not. Like He just can't do that. You, that's unreasonable. So just a little bit that Steve Curry's going to have to work out there in the bay. So the next one, we're focusing on another team before we go to back to a player's hate. So... Going out east, getting into the weeds here, Chicago will be better than Atlanta this season. So this is like mild spice. Okay. So this is, we're, we're slightly above white people. We're into like, <laughs> well, I guess I'll try it, like territory right now. Some Tabasco sauce in there type of. Just like a few drops. Yeah. Um, not too much. Don't overwhelm taste buds. Um <laughs> So, notice, put this season, long-term Atlanta's got, like, a great future ahead. Yeah. We like, we, you know, we like the Trey Young pick. We like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. Like, we like what they've got going forward. But for right now, Chicago probably has the best, to like, today NBA player in Zach Levine. Like, mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, in 10 years, Trey Young's going to be miles ahead of Zach Levine. But today, if you just put a one-on-one or it's a game-time situation, I'm probably going to take Zach Levine. And this is someone who was a very serious doubter, Zach Levine, like a year and a half ago, um, and is slowly warming up to him. So if I'm thinking Levine's better than Young, and then I'll take the Tomas sadaransky Otto porter combination over the Kevin Herter-DeAndre-Hunter combo, well, again, I'm going to get back to it. I'm giving guards and wings. Like, that's who I want running my team. If I like the three guards and wings for Chicago more than I like them for Atlanta and everything else is kind of a wash, I guess I like Chicago more. I, don't, I feel kind of dirty saying it because um, we talked about how Atlanta is kind of like supposed to be the Cinderella this yeah, year. Yeah, the darling. Yeah, they're like Sacramento last year where everyone was just like loving up on the Kings. Deservedly so. Yeah. Too. I... I don't think people dislike Chicago in general, but it's just like, oh, Chicago. That's winning? Yeah, I mean, like, they could kind of sneakily be a playoff team. Like, there's reason to believe this team could be like the Orlando 41 and 41. Yeah, just get there. Somehow get there. Um, So for this season, like, Chicago has experience. They're bringing um, pretty much everyone back. The only real new guy they're adding into the rotation is going to be Kobe White. Maybe Daniel Gafford will get some minutes, but like they're bringing back pretty much their their top eight, 
And, you know, also then we, we have to talk a little bit about the sophomore slump. It's a thing. Or not even slump, but just not that rapid progression right. we talk about. So, like, even Donovan Mitchell and, and Jason Tatum, really great rookies, hit this a little bit. Not that they had bad years, but we didn't see Tatum take that, like, next Kobe step. Donovan Mitchell, we didn't see him take that that next big step. Like, good years. That's perfectly fine. But what if Trey Young has another year like that? Like, Just this fine. year. Yeah. Just fine. A slight uptick in points, assists, steals. But, like, not enough to be like, oh, wow, look at this jump he made. Like, that's in the cards for even the great young point guard, Trey Young. Like, especially being a point guard. Yeah, I mean, like, there's still a lot for him to learn, and, I, like, being on Team USA is going to help him some, but until you start playing a lot of NBA games, and, yeah. like, it's just going to take time for him, and I think it's going to take him a little bit longer to get there, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're, I mean, you're right, like, he could be okay again this season, mm-hmm. which is okay. Yeah, and I think, and we've had this discussion at least off-air before, but, like, projections for for rookies and second year guys like moving forward just because you had a good year or a bad ish year your your first year or two doesn't mean like that's your destined career but it's just recognizing like that's how most guys adjust to the nba yeah is either you're able to come out of the gate like in the first 30 40 games and then everyone like realizes who you are what you do and they start catching up to you it's kind of what we got into with Doncic last year and then there's other guys where it like Trey Young, first 40 games, you want to throw that game tape away. But the last 40, you're like, okay, we have an NBA starter here. So, again, that can be a reality next year. Maybe it's only 30 bad games or 25 bad games. But that matters when you're trying to win. And Atlanta is in the direction of trying to win. I don't know if they're all the way there yet. I don't know if they're committing to that. But Chicago is more so. Atlanta. That's why you go out and get Otto Porter. For nothing. Uh, yeah. Literally uh, nothing. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta is like a couple tiers above Phoenix and trying to win now. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Because Phoenix has been trying to quote unquote win now for I know. 15 years. Um, and like it's interesting because Chicago has quietly kind of built this core and team that can be an effective playoff team. Effectively a playoff team. They were probably smart not bringing back Bobby Portis since yep. you have the two young bigs in Markinen and Wendell Carter. You didn't overpay Portis to be a backup or to weirdly challenge for minutes. You just kind of yeah, got like a solid first five, sprinkle in Kobe White, Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchison, a few others, Chris Dunn's still on your roster. Sprinkle those guys in, but pretty much your starters, as long as they're healthy. All those guys, they're going to try and play them like 30, maybe even 35 minutes a game. Just get them out there as much as they can. And they know like they have a pretty good starting group. After that, yeah, there's a fall off. But I, I think Chicago is in a position if Indiana's struggling at the beginning without Oladipo. Maybe Milwaukee's coming off a high. You still get to play Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and, and there's a lot of bad teams in the East. If Chicago can finally be in a position to like, prey off of those teams, then just snatch up those easy wins, make the games against Boston and Indiana competitive and maybe steal a few. Like you said, with Orlando, all of a sudden you're somehow at like 38, 39, 40 wins at the end of the year, and you're like, we got two games left. We win these games. We're in the playoffs. Like (laughs) That's somewhat realistic for Chicago. Now, of course, the management could do something really stupid and make this train go off the rails. Usually in the cards for Chicago at but <laughs> let's let's give them a slight nod of confidence because they've had a couple actually decent months. Um, I don't know if it'll sustain, but we'll give Chicago just a little bit of love right now. And who knows, this might be our only chance for a bit. So. Well, I mean, like, since they've installed the leadership council, nothing can get this team. Stop, I have to drive that home every time we talk every, about Chicago. Every single time. <laughs> Maybe not wrong, though. Okay. I'll take Atlanta long term, though, because I, I still like what they've got. This is not a diss on Atlanta. This is not a I hate Atlanta take. It's for the 1920s. Yes. It's just for this upcoming. Just for this one season. Because long term, yeah, Trey Young, he, he's legit. I like Kevin Herter. I like the draft picks, Herter and Re- 
and, or not herder hunter and reddish so I, I like what they have just this season even like cam reddish you thought he struggled at duke to finish in the lane welcome to the nba <laughs> like, <laughs> at least dwight howard can like he's a body there yeah. so like he'll block your shot occasionally yeah so cam reddish he'll take a little bit he's gonna be a good player but he'll take a minute so the next one we'll go back to a player focus so i want to give my boy drew holiday some love so we're both big drew fans yes so i'm thinking just kind of racking my brain here i think he's gonna make an all-star team this year finally gonna get there because drew holiday is like one of those guys like in that mike conley tier it's like you know you want him on your basketball team, yeah. But he just doesn't get like the public love uh, that that they deserve. So, um, what? Why not Drew Holiday? If it weren't for injuries, and there there are always injuries, New Orleans like could be like a consistent playoff team these last couple years, yeah. And maybe even this year too. Like the whole AD thing didn't happen last year. New Orleans is probably in the playoffs. New Orleans is in the playoffs. Drew's getting even more love because Drew by himself can't bring that mess of a squad um, <laughs> to the playoffs last year. If if they can like stay healthy, which we want to always assume reasonable health, like Drew could should be just as big of a name as Mike Conley, and everyone's pushing for Mike Conley to be an All Star. So what if like Drew is like gets this sneaky Pelicans team to like a really good spot, like. And everyone's talking about Zion. Everyone's kind of like watching the Pelicans. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Who is this guy? Holiday? <laughs> Going for 29 and 6 every game? Start getting some love. I would love that. <clears throat> I mean, like, he should be in Defensive Player of the Year. Like, every single year. Every single year. Um, uh, like, if you don't watch. Like, he makes when, like your best player whoever it is like he makes their life 10 times difficult more difficult than it should be he's like pat beverly on defense but actually has an offensive game yes like he can run a pick and roll he can be a spot-up three-point shooter like drew holiday can like just do a little bit of everything yeah and he's really good like he's just an all-around good player yeah and he's been kind of figuring it out the last couple seasons like the my only concern is like the West is so deep with mm-hmm. guards. So deep. So the the clay injury kind of opens up a spot. Yeah. So he'll be battling with Devin Booker, whose personal goal might, this year might just be put up 35 every game. <laughs> Could be real. DeMar DeRozan's still a thing, I guess. People yeah. tend to vote for him. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, Doncic, if they classify him as a guard, yeah. especially, like, they'll steal some votes. We talked about D'Angelo Russell already. If Steph goes down or if D'Lo's just going for 25-plus a game, like he'll get some serious love, especially from all the Warriors' quote-unquote fans. Uh, CJ, we talked last episode about. Of course, Dame still gets votes. He should be a lock, but CJ's a more of a fringe guy. Yep. We mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Like, if he can take that step, then okay, but maybe his new backcourt bud, Mike Conley, actually... They take votes from each other. Yeah. I can see that. That always happens, it seems like. And then De'Aaron Fox, he took a big step last year. If he takes another one, it'd be hard to vote against him. But, you know, like we talked about, like those that wall, that slump, it usually hits around that second year, maybe even for some guys third year. I don't know. It, it could happen to him, and we just haven't seen it yet. So there is, you're right, stiff competition for that last guard spot. But... I mean, I don't know. I tend to lean towards more experienced guys getting the votes since players also get a vote. Like, Doncic is not getting player votes. Yeah. Like, he's just not yet. He's going to have to be in the league for a couple years to start getting that. So, I, I think guys respect Drew. Especially across the league, like you said. Once you get defended by him, guarded by him, <laughs> you're like, all right, yeah, this guy's, like, he's, he's legit. So, that's what I'm just wondering. Like, could he make an all-star team? Maybe he's not the sexiest pick. If they do that little draft, he might be the last pick. But I feel like I just wanted to see Drew Holiday like picking up at half court in an all-star game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you, you imagine? Like, the dude, he's, like, looking around. He's like, why is no one playing defense, defense. in this game? <laughs> my th- dude's putting up two points. <laughs> and it was off a lob because uh, 
I got back screened. No one yelled. No one yelled. Like Devin Booker. I want Devin Booker and Drew to make it, and I want Devin Booker to be on the opposite team and get picked up by Drew at half court. Like, what are we doing here? We're playing pickup. Shout out to Hibachi calling out oh, Devin Booker on gosh. IG. You just you want to talk about that really quick? Okay, so, yeah, let's do it. Like what? Why are you complaining about getting doubled? If you huh. do, if you get this all year, yeah, give context. I guess that's what we should do. So first. they're they're doing this like five on five pickup game. There's some NBA guys there. You know, they're just going up and down. By Devin, some, it's like Ben Simmons and Joakim Noah and Devin Booker. It, yeah, so there's like, two of the three are. Yeah. So you know, and and Book has the ball on like the right like lower wing corner and like he comes like someone comes and doubles him and so he has to swing the ball and he just gets all butthurt about it like <laughs> that's the best way like to explain getting, it like where are we getting double team we're just playing pickup we're here to get better no, no well yeah get better blow by him like shoot over him i don't know do something don't stand in the corner with the ball like he was just like pivoting for like four seconds you ain't doing that in an NBA game. If you see the double, like, quickly pass out of it and, like, cut to yeah, open floor. Exactly. So, yeah, side, like, yeah, Devin Booker, quit complaining. Two, it's pickup. Like, <laughs> you're clearly better than them. Beat them. Like, quit complaining in pickup. Quit calling, like, touch fouls in pickup. I just feel like Devin Booker calls touch fouls now. Oh, yeah. Uh, in pickup. Like, get up and, and run. Like, play ball. So, like, my frustration is, like, his, one of his things, like, I guess afterwards he commented and said, like, man, I get, I get doubled all year. Like, I don't need to do this. Like, I just need to, like, I don't, I want to spend my Tuesday doing this. I just want to play basketball. It's like, well, if you get doubled all year, what do you think is going to happen this year? Do you think that, like, teams are randomly going to just start doubling DeAndre Ayton? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> They're going to double you. Jump hook in the post. <laughs> They're going to double Devin Booker. So yeah. if you're wanting to get better, quote unquote, get better, then get better. Yeah. Like take on two guys. Kobe did it. Yeah. LeBron does it. You don't like it when the and this wasn't in the video, but like pick and roll, and you just get doubled the big, and yours fight over the top, and they just double team you. Well, work on that bounce pass. Work on that lob pass. Like kick to the corner. Sometimes working on your game isn't necessarily just getting a ball, pivoting. Shooting. And then shooting the ball. Like, sometimes it's like making the right play, making the right pass. Like, I don't know, maybe go play with one of your teammates. Like, you got, like, 15 of them. Like, go play with them. So, like, you actually, like, build up something together. You know, I don't, I'm just throwing out ideas. Crazy. Uh, so, aside for Devin Booker, so I'm not going to vote for him as an all-star. <laughs> um, not that I have a vote. You're but. giving him the Jimmy Butler treatment of just, like, he doesn't get votes this year. Yeah. That's, just, that's where we're at with him. Give it to Drew. As my start, my Drew campaign. Okay, I'm going to give one of my takes here. It might be ramping up to a little bit spicier here. All right, that's good. But it's New Orleans related, so it fits because of Drew Holiday. My spicy take is uh, Zion doesn't win Rookie of the Year. Ooh. That's, yeah, that's getting up there now. It's get, it's ramping up you a little bit. put a nice bit. Louisiana rub on it. Yeah, but here, here's my reasoning. So other teammates will still spotlight. We just talked about Drew Holiday. I think Brandon Ingram's going to come along and have mm. a nice year. Uh, Lonzo is primed to have a good year after a series of couple injuries, but can play without LA spotlight yeah. and LeBron and all that stuff. Zion's shot's not really there yet, so teams are just going to play off of him. Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to score and put up numbers. And I also think he doesn't play the full year, not because of injuries, but just because management of just like we're probably not going to make the playoffs so let's not play this guy 40 40 minutes a game yeah no take that weird back-to-back -back thursday night in like Canada. yeah let's take this game off like yeah. we don't care we don't need you going up there against pascal siakam or something yeah like, we don't need to do that like i would totally understand that um if that's the situation i i think of course like we're gonna say Zion's needs to be the rookie of the year favorite. Yeah. The NBA rookie survey picked him also. But like there are other legit talented guys that maybe like the opportunity is just better than what Zion has right now. Now if they are good, if like New Orleans is an actual good team, then Zion might start getting some love if especially if he's the star of it. But if you're right, if things kinda go like last year, thirty to forty wins, nothing super special. 
then you're right. They probably start shutting him down a little bit more here and there. And he just doesn't get quite the love that um, maybe he should. I could see this happening. I would say it's like 80% chance Zion's winning rookie of the year. Yeah, there's still probably a large chance. And like this is one of my spicy takes that it's probably going to backfire on me because Zion's probably going to run away with rookie of the year because let's see here. Who are the top three picks? So we had Zion at number one, and then Jaw. number two was Jaw, but Memphis is going to be bad. And then number three was RJ. So New York's going to be bad. All right, if we look at, like, even the top ten picks, like, the chances of Zion just, like, go, are just, like, winning rookie of the year are astronomical because of the situations most yeah. of those guys went to. Like, Darius our, Garland in Cleveland, you got Colin Sexton there. I mean, unless Minnesota just is just incredible, Jarrett Culver is probably not winning it. The Bulls probably aren't even starting Kobe White at the beginning of the year. Right, I Jackson Hayes, Rui. <laughs> oh, my God. Cam Reddish. Like, it, Zion might just win it because there's no one else to fully claim it. But, I mean, Jaw could put up some crazy numbers. I mean, that's kind of my theory in this spicy take as well, is, like, Jaw just kind of comes out and has a freakish year. Like, I don't expect R.J. Barrett to win Rookie of the Year because dude couldn't perform in yeah. Summer League. Um, but if Rui... I'm going to make this bet with you right now, all right? Okay. I'm going to regret this. If okay. Rui Hachimura wins Rookie of the Year, I will buy an authentic Rui Hachimura jersey. <laughs> Washington Wizards. Like the, the, the red, blue stripe. Yeah. Mm, that's hot. Yeah. Hachimura. Um, that could be a banging jersey. Like, you might come back in a couple years and be like, I'm glad I have this jersey. <laughs> Probably not. But... If he wins rookie of the year, like, I mean, like, all power yeah. to him. Uh, but let's just say I doubt it. Um, I'm not putting money on that. It's uh, <laughs> a safe bet for me to make, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'll take Zon. But I, I like the idea Though going out here branching out, uh, a lot of pelican stock. A lot of pelican stock. Now we can go back to our regular resumed <laughs> spice. Uh, just so, to, just had to throw in like a emerald. Yeah, we got some bonus wings with that yeah. one. Um, that was pretty nice uh, on like National Chicken Wing Day. Uh, mm. Wings stopped throwing like an extra five free wings. Um, all right, back Pacers. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, transition there is really That's good. Beautiful. Um, so the Pacers will finish with a better record than either Boston or Brooklyn. Mm. So probably putting the Pacers like to three. So Victor Oladipo scheduled to miss beginning part of the season. But I went and looked just because I was curious um, diving into the Pacers schedule. The beginning of their season's not that tough. Like you got Detroit a few times already. Like I think I seriously think they have like Detroit in like three times in the first like ten games. Jeez Louise. So you got Cleveland a couple times in those first like fifteen. Like I wouldn't be totally shocked if in like their first like fifteen games, Indiana's like twelve and three. Just because of the level of competition they're playing against. And then it's like, man, they kind of got something here. And then you just kind of maintain like that cushion. And eventually Depot comes back. He's rolling because they're not going to play him until he's ready. And if he's going, like, man, all of a sudden this team is, they may not be a great playoff team, but regular season wins. Mm. It takes Boston or Brooklyn a minute to get going. Yeah. Those, those don't quite come together. And let's talk on that. Like, Boston's bringing in, like, Brand new superstar, and Kimba. so is and so is Brooklyn, bringing in Kyrie. Like, there's no guarantee. Like, game one, these are, are going to go well. Yes, I agree. With the exception that half of Boston is playing on Team USA right now, <laughs> so they're all getting to know each other, and they're getting to know each other. Which is what we just talked about with Devin Booker. Is like, hey, maybe you should be, uh, you know doing something with your summer outside of playing with some scrubs. Um, but, like, I think Boston could have a nice season, but Brooklyn, like... <clears throat> I also don't know if Boston can get a rebound right now, though. So <laughs> That's also true. That's scary. You know. uh, yeah, I mean, like, the Pacers were, what, the two before Oladipo yeah. got injured? Yeah, they were. Like, they were rolling before they... Yeah, Philly and, and Boston and everyone started, like, slowly overtaking them. And... He got injured, and then they started slipping. But, like, honestly, like, 
The Pacers are just as physical as Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They, I think, have just... I mean, they don't have as much talent. I think their scheme, like all of their players, fits into yeah. their scheme very well. They're good they, 1 to 10. Yeah. And it works with what they're trying to do. Yeah. they've The front office has put together a team that is cohesive to what the coach is wanting to do on mm-hmm. the court. Um, Brooklyn, I mean, like you said, it, Boston, Brooklyn is going to be, it's going to be a weird season for them to see if Kyrie, especially for Brooklyn, if Kyrie thinks the earth is flat and whatever else he posts on Instagram and says in media interviews, it's just going to be an interesting season for both those. But or, I mean, Indiana has a great chance to kind of seize that and yeah. be a top tier East team. Well, like, they have a lot of good players on their roster. Yeah. So, like you were mentioning, so, like, they went and got Malcolm Brogdon this offseason. They went and got Jeremy Lamb this offseason. They went and got Justin Holiday. <laughs> they said they're going to try and start Sabonis and Turner um, to start the year. So, like, okay, like, even without Oladipo, there's a starting five right there if you yeah. want it. Like, it's just there for you. You still, you went out and got TJ McConnell, TJ Warren, Gogo Badatze in the draft. Like, you... You're still like good eight players there without Oladipo. You have Aaron Holiday, um, who you drafted in the first round last year. They really like him. They think he's gonna be a good player. So like, there's guys on this roster still have Doug McDermott um, to fill in that can be a sustainable team until Oladipo can come back. And like you said, like Nate McMillan, he knows how he wants to play. They focus on defense. So like, if the shot's not falling with some of those guys, that's like the Pacers are cool with like a game being in the 80s or like low 90s like that's what they're trying to do so i think that defense will just be good just anyway with or without oladipo he could make it great obviously he'll make the offense much better once he does come back but when some of those just ugly games against cleveland at the beginning of the year and you might be in okay shape by the time oladipo comes back and like we said boston brooklyn take a minute they could end out pretty well and maybe for the Pacers how it started well and didn't end up like the way they wanted we get the opposite this year it you know it may start a little clunky but if they can finish strong like that's that's a good team so now we'll go we'll step up spice a little bit here go back to the west and the west is generally more fun than the east Sacramento again the darling has overtaken San Antonio in the west (gasps) gasp Death taxes and Spurs. No, yeah, maybe. maybe Death not. taxes in Sacramento. So I'm gonna kind of get into the same thing we got into Chicago and Atlanta. Yeah. Like we're just going apples for apples here. Okay. And not going. They're not necessarily the same position, but level of importance to their team. Most important guy. Next important guy. Who would you rather have, De'Aaron Fox, Demar Derozan? De'Aaron Fox. All right. So <laughs> I agree. Buddy Heald or Lamarcus Aldridge. Buddy Healed, I think. I think I lean Buddy Healed also at this point. Um, Marvin Bagley, Dejounte Murray. I, th- I would go Dejounte Murray. Okay, I I think Bagley, but I would understand. Yeah, like it it's close. You're going like positional there, and there's some things with Murray, especially if he comes back healthy. Like I see the real pros there. I have Dwayne Dedman and Rudy Gay as kind of like a wash. Yeah. And then Harrison Barnes, Derek White, I have it as wash. Derek White maybe could take it, but you know I wouldn't feel great about it. I wouldn't feel great about putting Harrison Barnes as better either. I think it's just depending on what your team wants. So I'll call it a wash there. Well, that means we had two washes, maybe one leaning towards San Antonio, and but the most important two going to Sacramento. Obviously, like there's a huge coaching advantage in San Antonio's favor, like very obviously. But I also think I like Sacramento's bench better. Yeah. So, you know, you start putting apples to apples here. And I just said, I think I like Sacramento more. Ooh, this is a take. So, like, this is this is where we're getting into it a little bit. If if you put both these teams on the court against each other in a seven-game series, who are you taking? <gasps> I mean, this is... I think I would take Sacramento. I think I knowing like they haven't like been in the playoffs yeah. and, and all that. You know, I think I would too. Just on some level, like we saw with San Antonio and Denver. I'm not saying Sacramento's at the Denver level yet. 
on some level, like you just you put enough talent out there. There's only so much pop can do with this group, and you know what? What did they do this offseason to make their team better? You even got Trey Lyles. <laughs> okay. Like, so like Demar, like you added another year to Demari Carroll's contract that you were signing him to. Like that didn't do anything. You traded away Davis Bertans. For Marcus Morris, and then Marcus Morris is like, deuces. Uh, yeah, just kidding. Um, so, like, what they were actually trying to make this team, like, they recognized there were legit flaws with this team. Yeah. And it didn't really pan out the way they wanted this offseason to. Um, the, really, the way, to me, San Antonio would be like, no, we're definitively better, is if, like, the Lonnie Walker and then one of Keldon Johnson or Luka Samanich, their first round draft picks from this year, like, stepped in and be like, no, we're legit, like, NBA players. And, like, maybe, yeah, dark horses for rookie of the year because technically all three of them would be qualified since Walker, like, didn't play last year. Right. Um, right. Like, we're, like, we're legit in that conversation, even if it's the back end of it. Um, I could see San Antonio then. Depth just outspursing the Kings. But I'm assuming not. Again, we're assuming rookies struggle a little bit in the NBA. Yeah. I think it's just De'Aaron Fox will run rough shot. And Buddy Heald is legit going to get paid like $25, $30 million He's like gonna per year. He's going to get paid year. a whole like, lot. A good player. I like Dwayne Dedman. I like Marvin Bagley. I think he's getting better. Like He's supposedly working on a shot that looked okay last year. Has room to get better. Harrison Barnes, for what he is, like puts the ball in the bucket. So... There, there's value in that when you're trying to win a basketball game. Maybe he's overpaid, but he does some things you want. I think I would pick Sa- Sacramento, and therefore, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... The Spurs have to lose at some point, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, San Antonio has reached that point where, like, I mean, De'Aaron Fox, I think, would be the best player in that series. Yes, period. he would be. Um and there's not really much debate about that. And, like, I, I don't, like, I just don't feel good not taking San Antonio in series. But, like, if you think about this last year in the playoffs, like, Denver was the better team. They just had never been in that situation before. Yeah. Therefore, the game, like, the series went seven games. Like, really, that was it. Jamal yeah. Murray, like, oh, when and he it played, should have been six. When he played well, like, it was toast for san antonio there's nothing they could do about it um and it took him two and a half games to get there but he finally Mm -hmm. started playing and then that was it that was the series yeah same thing could happen here it could take De'Aaron fox and buddy healed to finally like oh we're in the playoffs Mm -hmm. but then at halfway through game three they turn it on and like it's over like demar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge's mid-range jump shots aren't keeping up with Buddy Heald's no. threes and Darren Fox, like, sprinting up the court. Yeah. Like, the, again, it just gets into the math. Like, transition and then three-point shots worth more than 18-footers. Yeah. It, it's just how it works in the NBA. Always has, but it's just like we just realized it now. So, I, you know, the Spurs, if it was, like, a series, of course, I think it'd go, like, six or seven still. Yeah. But... And over the course of a season, maybe the Spurs can just say, like, we're going to somehow get to 45 wins. I don't know if that's enough, though. I don't know. And I know the Kings still play in the tough Pacific, especially with the two L.A. teams and Golden State. But I I think, like, they can make a way. And I believe in Darren, De'Aaron Fox. So I think that's ultimately what I'm betting on. Darren Fox. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing about it is, and we kind of talked around this point, I guess, a little bit previously, is, like, De'Aaron Fox hasn't hit his ceiling, but DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge have hit their ceilings and now coming back down. Mm -hmm. They are. Um, And I guess that's kind of the point we're making with Sacramento is, like, Sacramento's upside is way, way higher than anything San Antonio has right now. You're right. All right. So now we're we're stepping up the spice. We are getting there. So, Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis <laughs> won't finish in the top two of MVP voting. <gasps> Gasp! So the reigning MVP of the league 
much deserved. James Harden doesn't think so, but he <laughs> James keeps, Harden he just keeps making MVP comments. Period. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't remember if it, who I saw tweeted it, so I apologize. But they're like, James Harden loves to just say like he won everything. <laughs> um, he's like UCF. Um, he he thinks he's won back to back MVPs. They're like, they said like also congrats on your back to back championships. <laughs> um, no, he's won but, three in a row MVPs because Russell Westbrook's didn't oh, count. Yeah, oh, yeah. wait, now we're teammates. So it's tough to win back-to-back MVPs, at least in the real world. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's why I'm thinking, okay, Giannis, maybe he doesn't go back-to-back. It's tough to put up back-to-back seasons worthy enough to even be discussed as MVP. Like, there's only a few guys who can legit have a top-two case every year. Do I think Giannis is in that discussion of those type of players? Yes, but things may not go quite as swimmingly for Milwaukee this year. So if Milwaukee's winning 55 games or 53 games, are they getting quite as much love? Is he getting quite as much love as the 60 win bucks? Probably not, just in all honesty, probably not. And that's reasonable, that's okay. That maybe doesn't even mean Giannis has like gotten worse or like regress it just means like it's just not winning as much as it did yeah and then it's the same discussion with drew holiday and the all-star thing there's a lot of dudes who like are in the mvp discussion whether that's lebron and ad maybe they take something away from each other but maybe they're winning a bunch and so you got to consider both harden and westbrook they might be the only two guys scoring on Houston this year, getting a rebound or getting an assist. Um, so they'll put up numbers. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, like they're legit. Steph Curry, like we talked about with Golden State, if he's just like, we're getting to the playoffs. Yeah. I'm scoring 32 a game. Oh, okay, got to consider him then too. You still have like uh, Nikola Jokic. I didn't throw Kawhi and PG in here because I don't know if they'll play enough games to be qualified for it. So we'll leave the list kind of there unless you have anyone else like that i'm just not thinking of i don't see too I mean, many in the east i mean That's unless like Car- like some like young like young dude takes a step like carl towns like very seriously and like elevates minnesota yeah, yeah i could see like that happening dame like, we've talked about yes dame needs to be on this list too so okay so there's like 10 guys right there that would have just of a strong case as Giannis would and also i don't find that i don't think anyway People love to vote for back-to-back MVP winners. People get tired of it. They do. Like I mean, like Jordan lost MVPs in the middle to well, like. Car- Jordan should have won it every year. Like should win in Finals MVP every year. But like, uh, let's mix it up. Yeah. Like there's, na- I mean, like there's narratives that we create, whether they're justified or not. That you know, yeah. Like let's say the Bucks win 55 games instead of 60, like you were saying. Is it really that big of a difference? Not no. really, but there is that narrative. They weren't as good as la- they were last year. Yeah. Have they taken a step back? Was Malcolm Brogdon really uh, a super important piece for this team? And, like, the conversation is just not on Giannis. It's on the team or it's on, like, some losses they had in the offseason. And then you see James Harden, like, oh, reinvigorated Houston team, and he's putting up, again, 34, 10, and 8. It'd be hard not to vote for him. And they're the one in the West or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They they won two more games this year, whereas Milwaukee lost five more than they did the year before. Yeah. Like just like those small things might, might decide for some voters. Like, ah, yeah, we'll give it to James this year. Like, all right, or James Harden hasn't said much in the media about it this year. All right. We'll give it to him. <laughs> Russ is taking away some of the microphone. Yeah. Just that airtime. Um, he, he can't talk about it because um, Russell Westbrook has stolen the mic. So, if Giannis then isn't winning MVP, maybe he's number two. I'm just saying he's not in the top two. I'm betting on two. I'm taking the field here. Two of these guys we've rattled off will get more votes than Giannis. And again, it's just someone's going to put up ridiculous stats. Someone's team is going to get better while their stats are still absolutely phenomenal. And it'll be one of those two in the top two. I think Giannis will be three. Still, like LeBron was consistently putting up or being put at three or four. like And it's like, that dude's not three or four. We know he's probably one or two. Yeah. But, like, KD is getting put at, like, three, four, five every year. Like, no, but it's just what we do. Right. 
yeah, I think like from here until Giannis's decline, whenever that happens, Giannis is gonna be in the MVP voting. Like you kind of just said. Oh, of course. Like, it's just, he's going to be in the conversation every year. And whether he wins it or not, it depends, I guess, on whether his team wins 60 or 53 games. Yeah. Like, that's just it. And it could be no fault of his own. He could 60, put up the same numbers. Yeah. Whether they win 60 or 53. Like, it could be a Lopez injury or Lopez gets red hot. Yeah. Like, that could be the difference between them swinging up from 57 or down from there. Like, and that might just be all it is, but it drives the narrative one way or the other. So, Giannis, let's just say, like, he's not in it this year. So, actually, then a related take the Rockets Ooh. will go deeper in the playoffs than the Clippers. <gasps> If we're looking at Clippers history, this is not a hot take. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but this is not the same old Clippers. This is not your granddad's Clippers. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, obviously, they, the Clippers had maybe the greatest offseason of anyone in the league. Going out and getting Kawhi. Going out getting Kawhi PG. had the greatest offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's the one that actually got the Paul George trade done. Um so that's a, a great couple moves, um, filling in around the fringes of this team. I really like what they've done here. The Clippers, I like the draft. Like, I just like what they're doing here. But we've talked about this on past pods. Kawhi and PG, they're not playing 82. They're nope. playing 60, 65? Yeah. So 70 at max. Yeah. Okay, let's tap out at 70. All right, well, I can if each one's playing 70, I can go ahead and probably pencil in eight to 12 losses then yeah okay so and then like they're they're gonna lose some games like it's gonna get some time to get to know each other how to play together this team is not a great offensive team like you're still running out pat beverly and although i like lou will like shamit like so it's only somewhat sustainable you know over 82 especially if you don't have that star like we saw it last year so the Clippers, they're probably going to be a top four seed in the West. But what happens, in my opinion, is I tend to assume that teams with better seedings get better matchups. Usually how it plays out. Occasionally, like we see like last year, teams are like trying to like maneuver, trying to get certain matchups. But for the most part, I assume if you're the better seed, you get a better matchup. So if Houston just wins more regular season games, because Russell Westbrook takes every game like it super seriously probably unnecessary but he does they get a better seed and all of a sudden you get the san antonio or sacramento in the first round all right going on to the second you get denver who maybe still isn't ready okay move on to the western conference finals and the clippers like what if they have to play like the other la team like Like, right out the gate yeah like round one round two all of a sudden that's tough portland's still gonna be tough like Nurkic might come back this year. That would be super tough then. Like there are other really good teams that I just assume like if the Rockets can get a good seed and avoid that, they're almost destined to the Western Conference Finals for me. Yeah. I mean there's even that scenario we talked about earlier with Golden State and that like Clay comes back late in the season. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Clay Clay's like he's probably not gonna affect his jump shot. Nope. <laughs> uh, still dude's gonna be really good. And they get the like, what six, six and, or seven, and then and then the Clippers there. are in that two two to three range. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're in a seven game series that you better hold on to dear life that yeah. Steph Curry or Clay Thompson don't get red hot and score like forty or fifty. And because we've seen it when they do, like there's nothing you can do. There's just straight up nothing you can do. Like even if you were to throw Kawhi and PG on them, like those guys aren't running around screens the way those guys run around screens. And then who's guarding D'Angelo Russell, right? Landry Shamit. Like, okay, have fun. Yeah, exactly. So you get into some like very real defensive issues then with that team. So I think it's like fairly realistic. And or even what if they both make it to the Western Conference Finals? Someone's gonna make the finals from there. Yeah. So although like it'd be tough to pick against the Clippers, Houston could do it if they could. Looks like beat what was the mega force Golden State Warriors, they could take down this Clippers team. Yeah. Because I assume this Clippers team, like, I don't view them quite in the same light that I view the KD healthy Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, like, there's the very, like, 
real thing that the Rockets have a whole bunch of players from their last year's roster. I mean, you just plop in Russell Westbrook. James Harden has played with Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. before. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel. The Clippers kind of have to do that. Yeah. Um, you just like have to learn how to play together and everything. Yeah. It just takes a minute. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to roll with this Westbrook-Harden thing. Just see how far it takes me. Both those guys try super hard. I'm, I guess I'm just going to lean towards guys who like just want it just what seems like so badly. And Kawhi and P just don't have that rap. Doesn't mean they aren't that way, but it's just not quite as visible to everyone. So I'll lean, I'll lean Houston. This last one's yours. I'll let you just take this one. So I actually this one's have, hilarious. I, I have two more. Okay. Uh, but this, this last one's probably the spiciest thing I'll say <laughs> in a long time. Andrew Wiggins stops being a disappointment this year. (laughs) So, what I think... This is the most, like, anti-NBA Twitter thing ever. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ryan Saunders finally puts him in a situation that actually helps Wiggins develop as a player. Oh, gosh. And actually, like, you know, Minnesota wins without, like, being super toxic in culture. Like I love like the very specific like <laughs> details that have to go into this to make this work. And then you know after all those things come together, he's the most improved candidate. <laughs> a guy making thirty million dollars is an MIP candidate. <laughs> it's a very real thing for Andrew Wiggins. I guess. That's I guess. It. That's where we're at. Like this is his make or break season. It's kind of like what you said last year with uh, Markel Folds. It's like it can't get any worse, right? The the feeling of that contract can't get any worse. Like, it just can't. There's yeah. nothing else like Andrew Wiggins could do to make them feel worse about signing him to that deal. I'm just, you know, you start talking about like putting him in a better position. I just imagined, and this is totally obscure, but Ryan Saunders putting up like electric fence bars <laughs> and like putting like a shot collar on Wiggins. Like he takes a step inside the three point line, <laughs> zap. He no. he goes to. To take a three, zap, <laughs> uh, like or a long two, zap, is big step into the lane. Like you better get all the way to the bucket. We're not throwing up a floater. You do zap. Like that's how you condition him um, to not take these crappy shots yeah, that he's no, been taking. Take, take a catch and shoot three. Get to the free throw line. Dunk. Like you're super athletic. You may be like a top five athlete in the NBA. Dunk the ball. Quit just trying to like do fancy layups like you're Dr. J. Cut it out. You're not. Just go up with the ball. Please. Yeah. But I, that's my spicy take. That's my spiciest take, I think, of all of them. Actually, this one that I'm about to say. Okay. Just I don't go have for written it. Down. Ben Simmons has hit a ceiling. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Choking over here. <laughs> wow. I'd love to hear more. Okay, hear me out on this. What's going on here? We've heard about this mythical jump shot that he's had (laughs) for apparently two seasons. And we keep seeing it on Instagram and his workout videos. You know who's guarding him? A whole bunch of nobodies. So when Jimmy Butler strolls into town in mid-January and puts the clamps on the dude, that dude's not taking three-point jumpers. He's he's taking pull-up threes. Where is this in regular season games? Yeah, and... There's certain things you can do in practice, but it doesn't always translate like on the court. You yeah. get going. I normally play power forward when I'm playing pickup basketball. I, I can take pull-up threes all I want in a serious in a serious game situation. Heck no, I'm not taking that yeah. shot. No, I'm, I'm gonna toss that out to someone else. Because you're like this, you like because you know like this is probably not the best shot right now. Now like great players are like I'm taking it anyway, and they make it. Ben Simmons, he's not that great of a shooter yet. And his his jumper, his elbow's still like going off to Australia. Like I don't know what this dude. I don't know who's in his ear or like who he's hired as a jump shot coach. But that dude needs to be fired. <laughs> like, no, no, Drew Hanlon. I'm dead serious. Like this is a make or break. Like as much as I'm, we like to make fun of Andrew Wiggins. It's a make or break year for Ben Simmons. Like, I mean, are you are you an MVP type candidate or are you just a really nice player? Yeah, like probably never more than like a third option on a championship team. Which, that guy will still get paid in the NBA. He'll still get a lot of publicity, all that. He'll still get to live like the really great lifestyle. Um, But, you know, Philly's like, we're going to be paying this guy 
How Max, much money? $150 million. Right? He got a five-year, $150 yeah. million dollar extension. That can step up to 170 if he makes All-NBA. So, man, you you don't think Philly's going to be regretting that contract the same way Minnesota regrets the Andrew Wiggins one? But if that jumper like never is a thing, it might not be too far off of a feeling. Yeah, Toronto made that dude disappear in the playoffs. You know what they he did. did? He stood on the block waiting for an offensive rebound and a putback dunk. I'm sorry. I pay that dude a minimum contract, not $30 million a year over five yeah. years. Yeah, can't just be hanging out in the dunker spot. Or can we at least run like some pick and roll where he's the roll guy yeah. every now and again? like Just something different. But they never wanted to play a ball handler out there either besides Ben Simmons because they didn't want to hurt his ego. Well, now you don't have TJ McConnell, so... <laughs> now you have Josh Richardson, so... And I don't think Josh Richardson's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm gonna, like, force Ben Simmons out of the pick and roll. Like, there's gonna make him a jump, sh- like, spot-up jump shooter, which is unfortunate, because I, I really like Josh Richardson. Not more than Ben Simmons, but I really like Josh Richardson. Yeah, I mean, like, I just don't, like, I think I've said it, but, like, this is a make-or-break year for Ben Simmons, and, like... He either starts taking threes or he doesn't. Then at that's least just I take some. That that's like what did you take? Like two this year? And they just throw it up, chuck it. Yeah, they were like uh, end of buzzer, like end of quarters threes. Those aren't real threes. Yeah, at least like Sabonis level where it's like one every couple of games just to keep him honest. Like even if it's going in at twenty percent, I just throw like get a shot up. You know, Can you run a quarter wide open. three play for him? Like, yeah. it, that's the way to get his confidence up. Yeah. Shortest three-point shot. Shortest three-point shot. And, like, ben Se- or like Joel Embiid doesn't command a double team at this point in his career. Like, just throw it in the block. Have Ben Simmons run to the corner. They're not going to guard him. Yeah, they're, they're not. Like, there are ways. Like, if Joel Embiid can get open, pick and pop threes... If Ben Simmons is a screener, he can get open, pick, and pop through. Like, there are ways to make this happen. It's just, is Philly going to be willing to do something about it? Besides just something that's, to them, outside of the natural flow of the offense. It, for most NBA teams, like, this could be, like, a pretty standard thing they could do. But it just seems like Philly just isn't in the mindset of taking Ben Simmons from what he does to something else. Here's a wild. It could push him to be great, though. Here's a wild idea: take one Al Horford jump shot away and give it to Ben Simmons a game. Yeah, that's it. Al Horford ain't going to complain. Al Horford doesn't complain about anything. He's still getting paid, paid, paid. Man, if that man, there's a lot of Philly spicy takes we could have had, but that's my spiciest. I think Ben I Simmons hitting has hit a ceiling. That that is that is like mango, like habanero, like. We all the way down there in the in the red zone of the wing stop uh, heat scale. I love it. Yeah. We'll leave you with that. Come back next time. Come, <laughs> come back next time with a nice glass of milk so our spice will not inflame your taste buds. Oops. Oops. Uh, this has been episode 48. Kind of heated still about this Ben Simmons, ben Simmons thing. I'm very... You're going to go play 2K and just like shoot threes with him. Yeah. You're going to go 0 for 16, but... <laughs> <laughs> there was legit one time... 2K side tangent. I like traded for Ben Simmons in a franchise, and I like tried in practice with him to like hit threes. It took me like 20 minutes to finally hit one, but <laughs> I did it. I accomplished something. That's hilarious. Uh, Anyways, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, This has been episode 48. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, and rate and review us on uh, your podcast service. We would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with episode 49.